Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. You can imagine they all were. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, that's, that's extreme, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. We're gonna go to one more passage of scripture, and it's in the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew, Matthew 16. And we're gonna start reading in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man, excuse me, ladies, and woman, or woman, if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I want to talk to you tonight, and I promise I'm going to keep this nice and short. We've had a massive weekend, but I really believe this is a a word that is important. Um, And I want to talk to you tonight around the theme, few brave souls. Let's pray, shall we? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would give me the ability to speak this message like I really feel like it needs to come out. Um, I pray that you would minister to hearts and lives. I really believe that this is a word that is going to set some people free. It's truth, it's power, it's life, it's liberty. 
And God, I pray that you would just minister to people. Awaken every heart, bind every cell phone, may be supernaturally turned to flight mode in every campus where we're broadcasting this message. May every bladder be stilled, every baby be silenced. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. Christianity appears paradoxical. In a world that says strive and hustle to become, Christianity says rest in Jesus and be. In a world that says prove yourself, Christianity says God has already approved of you. In a world that says demand justice, get your rights, Christianity says turn the other cheek. In a world that says pursue you, be you, go after you, Christianity says, forget about you, pursue Jesus. In a world that says, take hold of your rights, Christianity says, surrender your all to God. In a world where the solution seems to come across like, turn left, turn left, the solutions are to the left. The teachings of Jesus, they just seem to come across more like, turn right. It's a paradox. The paradox between the common wisdom of our age and the teachings of the Bible is at the heart of why Jesus is actually able to change our lives. The paradox of our faith is at the heart of what Jesus meant when he said, you will know the truth. And the truth is what's going to set you free. Not having all the money in the world, all the experiences in the world, all the clothing in the world. Jesus said, if you want to know what it is to be free, you need the truth because the truth is going to set you free. We tend to think in our culture that freedom is about being given our rights. If I get what I am deserving of, then I will be free. We tend to communicate our age as though there are many people who are being oppressed because what they are deserving of has not been given to them. And I want to be really careful because there is a seed of truth in that. But the danger of this becoming our only viewpoint is that we project our freedom into external influences. If we're not careful, we start to get to a point in our journey where unless somebody else does something for me, I will not be free. Unless I am given my rights, unless restoration is made, unless somebody does something for me or to me because of the wrong that I have been done or the thing that I have been withheld, then unless somebody does something for me and restoration is made, I will not be free. But when we read the Bible, we quickly discover about Jesus that He promises us freedom, but His promise goes a whole lot deeper. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. His freedom transcends anything external to us. I don't need you to do anything for me. 
in order for me to be free? In fact, the truth is that the freedom Jesus offers to us doesn't require anybody to give us anything. Let me take it to another level. The freedom Jesus offers for us means that you could place shackles on my body and I would still be free. The freedom Jesus offers to us means that I might have been mistreated. Those wrongs may never be righted. But even though I have been mistreated, I am still free. Jesus said, find the truth. Find Jesus' truth. And the truth is going to set you free. Feels like that's a moment where we should clap our hands from Whangarei to Dunedin and give our God some praise. There is transformational power in the paradox of our faith. In our main story that we're looking at today, we find Jesus interacting with a man who is desperately searching. I mean, he is a desperate, passionate, and abandoned man. His story must have been hugely impacting. And the moment that we've got a wealthy guy being told to sell everything that he has and give it to the poor, it's little to no surprise to me that his story turns up in three gospels. I reckon if I was with Jesus and he told some dude, sell every, get rid of the Maserati, get rid of the yacht, get rid of the house, get rid of the watch collection, get rid of your Mont Blanc, sell your iPad, give it all away, get rid of your Yeezy, sell it all, give it all to the Lord, and then come and follow me. I reckon I would remember that. How about you? He turns up in three of the four Gospels, and because of this, we know quite a lot about him. The first thing that we know about this guy is that he is young. In Matthew's gospel, the Bible talks about him in Matthew 19 and says, the young man said to Jesus. The second thing we understand about him is in our passage, Mark chapter 10, we discover that he is rich. Jesus said he had great wealth. The third thing that we discover about him is in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 18, we find out that he was a ruler or a leader. This guy is a guy who has all the right labels. The three most coveted things in our world today are money, youth, and fame. Money, youth, and fame. I mean, we've got lotions and potions to hang on to our youth. We've got injections, nips, tucks, surgeries. We've got everything. We've got workout programs to hang on to our youth as long as we possibly can. We are a culture that worships money. And 93% of people interviewed on our planet in the Western world were willing to say that one of their aspirations was to be famous. Wealth, youth, and fame, and this guy has it all. I wonder what you are pursuing with your life. What labels you would love to have applicable to you. What you think would fix you. What you think would help you, free you, bless you, make you feel better about who you are. Because we discover in this guy's story that he has what our world craves. He has bought into everything. He supposedly has it all. Yet he comes to Jesus with desperation and a void. 
everything we say we need. And yet he's willing to fall on his knees in front of a crowd of people and admit that he has a void in his life. That's the paradox of our culture. He says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, he is desperate. He's on his knees, guys. He came running out of the town. Rich people don't run. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Famous people don't fall on their knees in front of other people. But here we've got a guy falling on his knees, running like a madman, showing desperation and passion. And he's admitting, I have all the right labels. Yet it hasn't given me life. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In the middle of having all that we desire, he's saying it has still left me empty. There is still a void. He has what we want, but he is insecure in his heart. He has all the labels, but he's still struggling to find his identity. I am not complete. Something is missing. It's not working in my life like I know it should. The embodiment of our societal ideals. Yet he comes to Jesus acknowledging there is something broken and there is something missing in me. It doesn't go too far to find that people in our culture with millions of followers can have money, fame, and youth and still be incredibly broken people. At the heart of what Jesus really wants us to understand is that well-known verse of Scripture, and if you haven't been in church for a while, it's my honor to get to share this with you for the first time. John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus declared about himself for everybody in our world to hear, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. He didn't come to take from you. He didn't come to hurt you. It's one of the most important things that Jesus declared about himself. He said, I have come not to leave you with a void. I don't want you to live your life confused and insecure. I want you to have life. I want you to feel like you are living your best life. I want you to feel like you are at peace with who you are, alive in our world for a reason, confident in your skin, rejoicing in the goodness of God, celebrating the day, comfortable with the opportunities, knowing that I made you, that God made you, that you're alive for a reason. That's at the heart of what God wants for us. He wants to give us life, eternal life, which we need to differentiate between eternal life and circumstantial life. Because in our culture, what we tend to think of as life is not eternal life. It's not what Jesus is talking about. It's an external life. It's it's a circumstantial life. What are you talking about, John? Anything that needs anybody to do it for you, for you to have it, is not the life that Jesus is talking about. If you need the right environment to have life, that's not the life Jesus is talking about. 
Circumstantial life is not what He's wanting for us. Eternal life is what Jesus is wanting to give us. What's eternal life? Eternal life is the blessings of circumstantial life, but not dependent on circumstances. That's what eternal life is. What, what do you mean? Well, let me give you context. For me, when I think of where is the best place to be on earth, I think of Hawaii. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite place to be on earth, and I, I knew I went straight there when I was preparing this message. I went straight there when I said it on the platform tonight, Hawaii. Why? Because in Hawaii, you can be swimming in the ocean right up until the sunset. The sun sets over the water. You are not cold. You're not ridiculously hot either. It's just like everything aligned in the right balance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not so hot that I hate it. I'm not so cold that I need to put something on. It's just, it's just the, the, the weather is warm. The ocean is warm. The sunset is perfect. Where we stay in Hawaii, they normally come out and start lighting little fires on, the, you know, these poles on the beach. And you're just like, there is no better place to be on the planet. Not a breath of wind. Everything is perfect. The problem is that right now, Hawaii could be, it's, you cannot get there. And even if you could get there, it's incredibly expensive to go there. It's that joy, though. It's that everything is great with the world. It's watching your kids swim in the ocean as the sun is collapsing into the horizon in the distance and just thinking, ah. what Jesus wants to give you is that. Not external, but inside you. Or joy wonder, contentment, being at peace, without needing a ticket to Hawaii, anybody to write an injustice. It's just the result of what happens when Jesus and a relationship with Him begins to infuse every part of who you are, how you see yourself, how you view the world around you. Jesus didn't come to give us plane tickets and accommodation in Hawaii. He came to give us identity. He came to show us, this is who you are. This is who I made you to be. You are a wonderful human being. You are alive for a reason. You don't need to compare yourself to X, Y, Z. You don't need another widget. You are perfect, unique, and brilliant just as you are. And I'm gonna use your life for a purpose. Jesus gives us freedom from the labels. He fills us with His life. And He shows us who we are. Come on, can we just praise God all across the country? Take three seconds. That's what Jesus wants for us. This broken embodiment of our culture, this rich, young influencer, comes up to Jesus 
and he says, his opening lines, good teacher. <laughs> what must I do to inherit eternal life? He calls Jesus a good teacher, to which Jesus responds, why do you call me good? At the heart of having Jesus impact our lives is this question. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he to you? To what degree is Jesus able to impact you? Jesus said, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but God alone. And for you and I, my friends, the question that we've got to ask is who is Jesus to me? Because at the end of the day, the degree to which we open our lives to Jesus is the degree to which He is able to help us. So many people want to have a Jesus in their lives who is a good Jesus. And if He's a good teacher, then that's great because He's going to inspire you. The life of Jesus is inspirational. Can we agree about that? But we don't need inspiration. We need transformation. I don't need another person who can give me a good story of something to look up to. I need somebody who can reach into me, free me, heal me, transform me, reveal the true me to me. We need a Jesus who is able to truly impact our lives. If He is God, then He is able to transform us. But if He is God, if He really is God, and that's what Jesus is saying to this rich young ruler. He's like, if I'm good, well, then I can inspire you. But if I'm God, well, then I have a whole nother right to speak into your life altogether. Your response to me is going to have to be different. If He is God, friends, then we're going to have to open up our lives. We're going to have to do more than just be inspired by Him or learn from Him. We're going to have to surrender. We're going to have to open our hearts. We're going to have to let God speak into the person that we are. It's a completely different approach. Is He good or is He God? So Jesus then begins to play with this rich young ruler. He goes through some commandments. He says, well, you know, if I'm good, well, let me, let's just play with good. Let's see how good, let's see how far good gets us. So he says to the guy, well, you know the commandments. Now there are 10 of them, but Jesus didn't give him 10. He gave him a select few and they're the good ones. What do you mean by the good ones? I mean, the ones that if you do them, you'll be good. Don't murder, that's a good thing. Don't commit adultery, okay, that's a good, don't steal. Don't give false testimony. That basically means stop your gossip. Isn't it amazing how in the Bible, this is not the only time, but regularly throughout Old and New Testaments, murder and gossip get mentioned in the same sentence of sins. Selah, moving on. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Jesus is saying, let's check what a good teacher can do for you in your life. And the guy's like, I have kept all these since I was a boy. In other words, part of my label is that I'm a good person. 
One of the things that we have in our culture, again, is this thought that we should all just be good people. And good is somehow going to be enough. And if God is loving, then good people should be fine. It should be enough that I'm a good person. Let's break it down. Good is always good for you. At the end of the day, good ends when it's no longer good for me to be good. I don't wanna get into that, let's keep going. Jesus is helping him to realize uh, the identity you need is not found in just living a good life. This is why we're broken. The reason why we're broken is that we're making the pursuit of our generation about trying to find identity and part of the way that we do it is we want everybody to think that you're a kind person. Now I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, I'm just saying it's not a transformative thing. It's not a bad thing, it's just not gonna help you to get rid of the pain and the anxiety and the the shame and the fear and the comparison and the self-loathing. It's not gonna get it out of you if you're just adopting another thing that you have to be. Am I making sense to anybody? So then the man has to admit to Jesus, I've done all that, I've tried all of that. It still hasn't cured me. I have wealth, I have fame, I have youth, and I am a really moral person and still I'm broken on the inside. And here's our key scripture, I want you to hear this. Jesus looks at the man and the Bible says, and Jesus looked at him and loved him. Church, I want you to hear that. He looked at him and he loved him. We better make sure that in our culture we don't lose the meaning of love. I'm a little bit afraid that maybe we lose the meaning of love. Love does not mean that I will let you do whatever you want. (laughs) That's not love. There is nobody that I love on this planet more than my two children. I love my kids. They make me cry. They have my heart. They have my all. I love them. Honestly, I would die for them. There is nothing that I would not gladly go without to give them everything they need and nearly everything that they want. My children are my world. Honestly, that is absolutely true. But there is nobody on the planet that I say no to more than my two kids. I say no more than I say yes. There is no relationship between do whatever you want and love. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He looks at you not with exploitive love, not with manipulative love. He's not trying to extract an agenda. He has no angle. He died on a cross for your freedom and forgiveness. He is the only one who embodies the purity of love. And Jesus looks at this rich young ruler with the only motivation of perfect love. And he says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. We've tried all the good commandments. Let's take a look at some other ones. (laughs) How about commandment number one? You shall have no other gods before me. 
Jesus said the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You can be a good person when at the core you're still living for your labels. And Jesus is saying, if you want identity, if you want to have the courage that this generation really needs, you want to have the freedom that we are so desperately searching for, you're going to have to go a little bit deeper. We need to get to a point where we aren't living for ourselves, for our labels, for the praise of people, for the accolades of those who are around us. We need to stop it being external. We need to go internal. We need to go vertical. We need to make the pursuit of our lives that we are going to be followers of Jesus. That's the only way that I'm going to find me. The search for you won't be fulfilled if you're living your life for you. That's the greatest myth of our generation. That I am going to find me if I make the pursuit of my life finding me. I mean, we've got all kinds of activities. We've got all kinds of posts. We've got all kinds of retreats. We've got, we've got walks. We've got retreats. We've got stuff. We've got a whole curriculum. We've got a whole demographic. We've got a whole, we've got a whole genre of books that is devoted to searching for me. And Jesus is trying to say, you won't find you if you make the pursuit of your life you. The search for you will only be fulfilled when you live your life, not for you, but for Him. If you empty yourself of you, you'll find yourself in Jesus. If you empty yourself of you, you'll find yourself in Him. Oh, I hope that I can get this into your heart today. That Christianity is so powerful and truly changes lives because God doesn't give us bumper sticker little nuggets. He gives us transformational power. He said, you will know the truth and the truth is gonna set you free. Don't live your life for you. Don't get bundled up in you. Don't live your life for just the pursuit of more of you. Live your life for the one who made you, formed you, created you, destined you, loves you, has a purpose for you. Live your life for Jesus. In week one, we used the scripture. And in fact, uh, Pastor Anna Carroll on the opening night of Passionate Conference hit the ball all the way out of the park, preaching on the fact that our real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is not found in you. Your real life is found in Jesus. Amen. I need you to understand that we, if we're wanting to find ourselves, I want to preach to a generation of young people who maybe have been told your whole life that you just need to be true to you, be real for you, pursue you. And Jesus is trying to get into your head, your heart, your mind, your soul, and say, if you would just pursue Him, pursue Jesus, pursue His love, pursue His grace, become a worshiper of God, become a seeker of God, surrender your all to God, that you're going to find yourself as you find Him. You're going to discover your life as you discover Him. 
as we fall in love with Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching myself excited. I'm, this is really helping people, John. Thank you. I really feel like it is. You'll find yourself when you lose yourself. I call this message Few Brave Souls because for me this embodies so much of the Christian teaching that I love, the, the old saints who truly were courageous world changers. Not wimpy blog writers, I'm talking about people who actually did serious things with their lives, who paved history, who pioneered works, who got rid of slavery, who abolished child labor, who, who were able to advance the cause of Christ, those those brave souls that, that made an impact in their generation. We're all alive with the thought that we don't live our lives just for the pursuit of me. Wow. That I go deeper, that the bravery of our faith is in the surrender of our all. That the way to life is in the, is in the, 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 the willingness to say, Jesus, I'm not gonna live this life for me. I'm not gonna live this life for what is comfortable. I'm not gonna live this life for my own preferences or whims or fancies, but I'm gonna surrender my life. I give it all to you. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction and many there are that find it. And then he said, narrow is the road that leads to life and few there are who find it. We need a generation who find the narrow path. William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army, is one of my heroes, and I've read so many biographies on his life, but the famous, my most favorite story is when William Booth was being interviewed. He started the Salvation Army. The guy literally changed the world. Still today, the largest way that people get free from alcoholism and drug dependency is a course that he created 150 years ago. The guy was an absolute legend, an absolute hero. He, he changed the world, freed thousands of women from sex, you know, slavery and all of that. Just an incredible, incredible innovator, leader, pioneer. And he was interviewed at the end of his life and the interviewer began to list off all of his accomplishments. The things I've mentioned, others, the nations that it impacted. I think he started the Salvation Army in 32 different nations. Like it's just contribution. He met kings and emperors and rulers and they they started to list off all the people that he'd met, the acts of government that had been passed, the changes that he'd brought. And they said, William Booth, how is it that one man has been able to achieve so much in one lifetime? And in the interview, William Booth begins to cry. And he says, I do not know. I don't know. But I would have to say that Jesus has always had all of me. I don't know. But I would have to say that Jesus has always had all of me. Few brave souls are willing to open up their life, not to the pursuit of creature comforts, materialism, fame, and wealth, but open up their life to the giver of awe and wonder, the one who can give you life and life in all its fullness, the one who offers us freedom of heart and soul. And it is that Jesus 
who calls to our generation and says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All week I've had a lyric from a, a Hillsong United song that's just been going around and around in my head. It's been going around and around. I've been, I started preparing this message Monday morning, 7.30, and I, I, you know, as I've been preparing this message all week, I've been having this lyric from the Empire's album of Hillsong United, and the, the, the lyric just literally says, I found your love when I lost my heart to you. I found your love when I lost my heart to you. If you wanna find yourself, few brave souls, I'm calling to those who are willing to say, I will lose my heart to the one who gave his all for me. I'm gonna find your love, I'm gonna find my identity, I'm gonna find my purpose when I lose my heart to you. Oh friend, trust Him, He is God. Open your heart fully to Him. Surrender yourself to Him. You can lose yourself to Him. And when you lose yourself to Him, you'll find yourself in Him. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. For a generation that is searching for identity, Matthew 16 just comes across like a radical statement when Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. You wanna find your identity? Lose yourself in Jesus. Lose yourself. Lose yourself in worship, in wonder, in, in joy, in His Word, in seeking after God. Because the more you seek after Him, the more you find of you. Let's have a praise break and give God about three seconds of praise if you believe that tonight. As the band come and join me, our culture's two greatest sins are intolerance of another's decisions and not living out what you believe to be true about you. Follow your desires. You are your desires. You must be true to the impulses of you. That's what the world is saying to you right now. And if I could be honest with you, Christianity just doesn't wash with that. I mean, let's just get real. It's, it's a different flow. Christianity is a different flow. Jesus invites us to a radical departure from the common norm. He says, yield yourself to me. Open your heart to me. Trust me. Worship. Surrender. Give your all to me. And in opening up your life fully and completely to Jesus, I found my life. I found your love when I lost my heart to you. The rich young ruler hearing what Jesus has said to him, the Bible says he went away sad because he had great wealth. He said, that just freaks me the heck out. I'm, I'm bailing, I'm gone. And then there's like this awed silence you can imagine. This is why it's in all three gospels. Like, wow, people are just like, what just happened? Hashtag bombshell. And then Jesus says, it's real hard when you're wrapped up in yourself. When the labels matter so much to you to enter the kingdom of God. 
the Bible says that the Pharisees found it super hard to believe in Jesus and to enter the kingdom of God. Do you know why? Because they loved the praises of people more than the praises of God. They lived for the labels and not for the one. Jesus said, it's just really challenging when you're wrapped up in the things of this world to find the life that I want to give you. Start in silence. Peter, I love Peter. Jillian says I should have been called Peter because I tend to speak first and then think about what I've said later on. Peter is sitting there and he's just like, wow, that's crazy. Look what Jesus asked that guy to do. This is absolutely mind-blowing. I can't believe Jesus actually said that to him. This is absolute revel. Go and sell everything you have. And then Peter starts processing inside himself. That's crazy. That's radical. I can't believe it. And then he's like, wait a minute. Jesus turned up in my life two and a half years ago and he said, I will make you a fisher of men. He was a fisherman. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. And I left my business, my nets, my family, my home, and I've been just following Jesus everywhere He's gone since. I did what Jesus told the man to do. And He says, we left everything to follow you. And Jesus then says these words. If you would give up house, field, brother, sister, He starts to list off a whole things. Is, you know, for me and for the gospel, nobody's gonna miss out on me repaying that back a hundred times over in their life, in this world and in the world to come, you'll have everlasting life. As I bring this series to a close, I just felt like I wanted to preach tonight and say there are a few brave souls say, Jesus, I open up my life to the one who is joy and wonder and purpose and love. I don't put you in the box of good. I don't limit your say over my life. I seek you and in seeking you, I surrender open, I trust, I yield. And in the yielding and surrendering is the finding. In the clinging is the confusion. Whoever tries to save his life lives with messed up emotions, brokenness and turmoil just throws themselves into the arms of God. You're God. And I yield to you. Those who lose their lives will find their life. And the only one who can give you life and identity that's in the, the arms of Jesus. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.